Get a credit card that gives you what you need now. A low interest rate on everyday purchases and a place to transfer high interest rate balances. The PenFed Gold Contactless Card is our lowest interest rate credit card. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Join PenFed and together we can help you keep more of what's yours. Visit PenFed.org slash gold card. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Hello and welcome to what is officially week one of the Foot Weekly podcast in FIFA 20. There is, of course, so much to discuss and we focus particularly on one to watch, which is coming up, the market, how that's doing, how you might be using your coins at the moment. And of course, the news about icon swaps and what that means going forward. Plus, we'll be discussing a big talking point pace. Is it balanced? And is there anything you can do to counteract it? Plus, plenty more tips beyond that. I'm your host, Ben, who's very much looking forward to getting into this week one of the Foot Weekly podcast brought to you by Foothead and our patrons. So, Japes, great to have you back so soon. How'd you do? I am doing great now that I've got FIFA 20 to play and consume a bunch of my time, but happy to be back on the pod for two weeks in a row. Yeah, and the other guests we have uh, returning for the first time in FIFA 20, although that's not particularly surprising. Matt, great to have you back. Uh, glad to be here, Ben. I'm not as happy as Jake's because I've used all my 10 hours up, so I'm sitting here trading on the web. <laughs> not yeah. quite as excited. Uh, the, the voice of Jake's was the voice of someone who still has three hours to go. <laughs> um, That's exactly right. And uh, Matt, actually, just quickly before we start, you're actually running a uh, charity patron to help people with trading at the moment, aren't you? Yes, I am. I'm just doing one for September, basically to, as you say, help people start FIFA Ultimate Team in the best way possible with a, a few trading tips and investing tips, that kind of thing. Mm. We're going to be donating all of the, the revenue that we make from that for September to Nick 2080's yeah. charity live stream at the end of September. Um, you and uh, money for cancer research. So, yeah. As a proud patron of Matt Foot Trading's charity uh, patron, I'd recommend it. Nice plug, um, ben, nice plug. Let's get into what we've been up to with our time, because hopefully through explaining what we've been up to and what we've been doing as experienced FIFA Ultimate Team players with various different skills, um, we might actually be able to give some tips and just general insight into FIFA 20 so far. Japes, let's start with you. We talked about your approach last week and how you were going to be putting FIFA points into the game. How did that work in kind of execution? Yeah, so... um... I follow the the route that I kind of discussed last week, put, uh, I think, 36,000 points on my account and logged on to the to early access, put the coins on, logged off and just started opening packs on the web app and opening the packs went pretty well. I got I was fortunate enough to pack Conte and Aguero and there was another couple big ones that I or big-ish ones that I packed. Um, but it allowed me to to go out and get a, a pretty solid team to begin with. And then I did a teeny bit of trading myself. I there was a point on uh, Thursday where you could pick up Luka Modric for like 50, 60k. Um, and a couple hours later, he was going for 95k or so. So I, I grabbed a couple at 50k saying this is like one of the highest rated midfielders in the game uh, and has Real Madrid links. So I don't understand why he's not going for more. So I, I did pretty well with that and uh, went out and bought a pretty solid team. And now my team's looking pretty good and have rolled into rivals because uh, rivals rewards are 
pretty guaranteed if you can get up to um well whatever division you end up in there it's you're you're not competing against other people for their rating like it is on squad battles so it's straight into rivals and trying to get to uh division one in rivals before um my early access time or not division one division or the the number one ranking in division four in rivals before my (laughs) my time runs out so that's that's where my fifa time has been spent so far sounds like it worked pretty well then japes uh, we'll come back to you and, and talk a bit about maybe the team and how you found the kind of competitive world of rivals after we've spoken to matt who i think you've done some some pretty successful trading judging by uh the tweet you put out recently um yeah it's not been going too bad obviously being a trader everyone expects you know you meant to start from nothing and end in you know at the end of the game with about you know 50 million plus etc but no FIFA points spent, um, but yeah, I've been running a road to glory. So again, starting with zero FIFA points, just grinding up. And that is actually a departure um, from yeah. last year. Sorry, just to interrupt you so that people are aware, because I th- well, am I right in thinking last year you did put in, going to, or you were planning to put FIFA points in this year, was that right? Yeah, I was, I was planning on putting FIFA points in this year. Um, I think a big thing for me was that prime icons weren't in from the start. And I like my icon trading, like my icon flipping and not having them, you know, I thought, well, I'm not really going to be doing as much of the, of the icon flipping early on. So I'll just, I'll grind it up from nothing hmm. this year. And we've been doing all right. We're about 1.2 million, I think, if I sold everything right now. That's a, that's um, amazing. Yeah, that's just, really just like, you know, the web app dropped, what, Thursday? So there's four days you managed to go. That is a, that is a power hour every hour to get up to <laughs> to where you are that's that's super impressive oh, hearing you say power hour, power hour <laughs> big fan but no it's just a, a lot of grinding in the early stages you know making those those very small you know few hundred coin flips with you know few players required in those early advanced sbcs i got a little bit lucky with some of my pack pulls from those sbcs i think i packed a, a goretzka I packed a Werner. Um, I packed a Martial tradable from a free 5k gold pack wow. uh, from an objective, um, which is pretty nice. So yeah, it's it's just a lot of grinding early on, a lot of lot of small, high frequency trades uh, to get things going. But yeah, it's been going well. So a lot of people will be listening and thinking, "Wow, like that is pretty amazing." And I think it's fair to say it is pretty amazing, from my understanding of the approaches you take and the, the kind of trading you do. That is something that people can replicate depending on whether they have a small amount of coins or, or quite a big amount of coins, right? The, the sort of regular flipping of not so oh, high yeah. rate, yeah. not so expensive players. Yeah, absolutely. And even if, you know, even if you're just on the web app, say you've used up all your e-access time, you can still get on there and, you know, you can snipe some of these these players for advanced SBCs. You know, I've been, you know, a little cheeky tip, Argentina uh, left backs, the golds, I think the minimum is like 3,000 coins they go for. Mm. So I've been able to snipe some of them for like five, 600 coins and flip for five, six times their worth. And it's just, it's really simple little things like that that you just find early on that, you know, it really does help get the, get the bankroll going. And, you know, once you've hit 150, 200 K, you can start getting invested in, you know, I've personally been invested in these extinct players, then getting their ranges updated. And then you end up making double, triple sometimes even quadruple your coins. So, you know, it's just a grind early on. But once you get a few hundred K in, it's just business as usual, really. And actually, talking of extinct players, that is something that seems to happen almost every year that EA undervalue players. And so they're they're extinct. They're not on the market. 
um, because their maximum buy yeah. now is is too low. Um, there are a number of examples of that. A few of them have already had their price ranges updated, right? Uh, I guess Lucas mm. Hernandez was a, was a good example early on. Yeah, Luca, Lucas Hernandez, uh, Kai Havertz, he was a, another really good one. But yeah, it's just these sort of really in-demand players early on. And what you find is like players like Havertz, you know, they have you know other competitors like maybe Julian Brandt, who's valued a little bit higher. And then as Brandt starts to go a bit higher, you know, Havertz being only 10k, he's a cheaper alternative, but also a really good player. So people start you know really trying to get him, and he does end up going extinct, and then gets his range updated. Now he's 35k. So if you're good enough to snipe these players that are extinct and very meta then once they once they get updated you're you're looking at good yeah, money i personally got lucas Hernandez, who was 20k and then he's gone up to about 40 now after the price range update so yeah. there's there's plenty of players still around i don't know whether they'll be updated they may well be by the time this podcast comes out but they're always hopefully yeah hopefully but actually there are always going to be times when ea do mess up a price range and a player's undervalued yeah. and you might see that even in one to watch coming up um well it's possible it actually seems to happen more at the start of the game than for promotions but yeah it's it's very very difficult early on to sort of gauge where specific players will mm. be i can i can understand why there are extinct players yeah because actually yeah there are certain players which are you know like Havertz. actually although he's a pretty good player he doesn't i mean he's no Usman Dembele, who's the same price, I'd say. I mean, they're different positions, but he's a cam with pretty decent stats, but he's going to be an 84 rated that's pretty cheap for the vast majority of the year. Um, so yeah. it is one, one, you can see why they make mistakes on these. One of the things from a trading perspective, though, is that the market has just kind of continued to rise, I guess, which always happens at the start of the game. And so, Japes, from your kind mm. of coin accumulation perspective, have you seen quite a significant rise on this sort of meta team that you've bought? And actually, you might as well explain sort of what the players are that are in that team. Yeah, I can uh, talk you through my team. I think all of them have have uh, risen in price for the most part. But I I, I was really fortunate to pack um, Inform Benzema in that like first two player pack where you just insert a bunch of the bronze players that you were given. So I was like, all right, La Liga it is. And so heading that direction, I went out and decided that I thought uh, Langlet, Clement Langlet from uh, Barca and Luka Modric were pretty good values um, to begin with. And so I think I picked up Langlet for like 20K and Modric for 55. Modric is now up at like 95 and I think Langlet's doubled in price too. But also uh, sold all of my lucky uh, packed cards and went ahead and just snagged Lionel Messi. Um you know, as you do, <laughs> but uh, he. So how much did he, it cost I, you when you bought him? Uh, I think he was about eight hundred k, which is still higher than I would have wanted. But assuming that he'll he'll go up in price, and then uh, you know, similar to what Matt did, I went out and did what I what I did last year as well, and found that eighty eight center back Lothar Mateus, who is always underpriced to begin with, as. Uh, and then just seems to like double. So I picked him up for, I think, 460, which I assume that he's going to similar to last year. I think, that, you know, for me with trading, if you if you kind of took my approach and you invested uh, FIFA points early on and went out and, you know, kind of tried to buy a team, I think if I'd invested some more points, I would have gone. And I've considered doing this with Messi, too, is just going ahead and grabbing as many icons as you can that look like they could be kind of meta icons because they just seem to appreciate and value all the way into the beginning of December. 
kind of is like a set it and forget it style. So other than that, though, I've got uh, Ter Stegen, um, TT, Semedo, um, Cuedes, Gonzalo Cuedes, who's really, really good from Valencia. And then a card that I was surprised that I liked as much as I did, but uh, Mooney Ayin from uh, Bilbao is really a fantastic card, like very, very versatile and has just done a great job for me as I toy around with different formations, being able to slot in out wide in the middle um, in an attacking position and like the true like CM position. So I uh, enjoyed using him, but that's that's kind of the team for now. Nice. Sounds good. Who are your fullbacks actually? Uh, Semedo uh, from Barca and then uh, uh, Furpo from Barca as well, Junior Furpo. So just, uh, went, yeah. just went straight Barca with those two. Semedo is really, really strong and Furpo is a little bit clunky, but he's still kind of tall. So he's, he's, he's doing the job. He's pacing enough. Mm, nice. And Matt, have you actually built a team or are you just keeping it investing? No, I, I have built a team. I, I wanted to, to get one built because I, I do like my gameplay as well. I know I'm a trader, but I, I can play the game mm. as well. Didn't you, did um, you get Elite last year a few times? Elite 2? I got, I got an Elite 1. one. Oh, wow. I got an Elite 1, Ben. Don't, don't, Go on, don't forget that. Yeah. Exactly. We've got to represent these traders. We've got, to, we've got to show that we can play as well. But no, I bought a pretty standard Bundesliga team. When I say standard. It was standard for, for a trader, I'd say. So I've got... That 85 goalkeeper from Leipzig. I can't pronounce oh, like his name. Gl- Is it Galaxy, Galaxy or something, something, yeah, like? Yeah, yeah, something like that? Yeah, something like that. I've got Lucas Hernandez and Akanji as my centre-backs. Mm-hmm. Um, both very, very good. And have risen quite nicely since when I bought them. And Babu and Rusilion, Rusilion yeah. as the as the fullbacks. Both very nice little cards. have risen nicely as well because they're quite popular uh, for the Bundesliga starter teams. Um, got an informed Delaney at CDN. Mm. He looks a phenomenal um, card, nice. actually. I, I know, he is very good. I don't know whether very, we very actually. Good. I don't think. I can't remember whether we actually mentioned him in our sort of team of the week um, preview last week. But I think mm. he looks really outstanding. I mean, he's just so well rounded. I, 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 I don't know. It's, it's a kind of interesting point with those team of the week players. We spoke about potentially investing in some uh, last week. How do you think they've kind of gone in terms of price? They've risen definitely, but most cards have risen. But there hasn't been the sort of massive rise. Yeah, I think the the meta cards that you're seeing, you know, likes of that Marlon guy, he's risen quite nicely. Um, Delaney, of course, is doing quite well. I can remember those off the top of my head. But you know, some of the discard investments, uh, you're only they're only starting really to rise now as as more and more people invest into them for those future rises. But they're not really the most efficient use of coins that early mm. on. You know, I'm seeing people that were picking up like Koscielny and that for like 10k and saying, oh, well, he's risen to, to 15 now over three days. That's really good. But in the same token, you could have invested, you know, that same 10k into a Kai Havertz who went extinct. And now he's 35k and you could have bought Koscielny back for maybe 13, 14k. So it's really not the most efficient use of coins early mm. on i can understand why people do it because you know in the longer term you're actually looking at some really good returns on them but in terms of mass investments now it's probably best to look elsewhere yeah that makes sense and also i suppose one of the things to consider is one to watch is on its way the kind of impact that that's going to have um on some of the cards mm. one of the things that i wanted to talk about around this coming week is one of the tricky things about this podcast is it doesn't come out exactly when we're recording, which is, of course, um, makes things a little harder to predict. But we will have the drop of the ultimate edition sort of early access period, which basically means that people are able to play the game for as long as they want um, from Tuesday. 
what effect does yeah. that normally have on the market and what what do you expect prices to do kind of heading into one to watch well that's the, the thing week? i'm seeing a lot of people saying like conflicting things on mm. this in that they expect the market to drop because everyone's going to be opening packs etc they're expecting like these big meta players just to tumble in price and it's just not really going to happen because what you get is on Tuesday, you'll have a lot of packs opened, as we always do every year. People get the game for the first time. Maybe they haven't bought EA Access. This will be the first chance they get to open packs. And it's a big, big coin injection into the market. You get a lot of people, you know, they discard their pack pools. They, they sell whatever they pack, etc. But you don't see as many people packing these, these big meta cards. So what happens is you get all of these coins coming onto the market, but you don't have these big meta players being supplied enough to actually bring their price down. So what will actually happen is with all the coins, these big meta players are just going to rise further. You know, more people getting coins, they want to upgrade their teams, get the best players. So they're going to go towards these these high-end cards and it's just going to make them rise even further. Mm, yeah. Um, but what people will find is that the lower end guys, you know, maybe some of the, you know, the, the 75 to 82 rares, uh, maybe three, four, five K at the moment, you might see them begin to begin to dip because again, it's a, it's a big supply of these kinds of cards onto the market. These are the kinds of cards that people are going to be packing a lot of, um, and not necessarily buying as they'll have more coins to get the bigger players rather than these, these lower end. And guys. then further into the next week, we have one to watch on Friday that is also the actual release of FIFA. Now, if you get the mm. full game on the Friday, you may be a slightly more casual player. I don't know, it's, it's funny because these are people who are getting the game on release, so they must be pretty committed to FIFA. But there is this mm. assumption that they may be more casual. But at that point, we also have a promotion starting. So you would expect even more packs to be opened, right? And want to watch to have some effect as well. But is that just going to be kind of a continuation rather than any particularly kind of big change normally around that time? Yeah, I mean, I mean, early on, we've got to understand that, you know, not everyone is, is super, super hardcore. Not everyone's going to have, you know, 1.5 mil on release day. There are still going to be these guys that get in the game for the first time. They're still going to be needing to, to open packs and buy their teams. Mm. So you are still going to see these players continue to rise gradually as we get through to release day. You know, the market might be really high at the moment, but it's just going to keep going higher with the more coins that keep getting brought onto the market. So... I think people have got to be got to be prepared to uh, to grind this year to keep up. It's going to be one of the highest markets I think we've seen in a long, long mm. time. Yeah, definitely. And I think we should talk a bit about one to watch, specifically about the players that might make it in there. We've had a couple of confirmed ones, but traditionally, I'm right in thinking that players who are in the one to watch tend to rise because they're out of packs and there haven't been that many packs prior to one to watch compared to the demand. I think Fred was was a pretty good example of that. Yeah, I think what we found, I think Fred, was he extinct last year? I can't mm, remember. That would be, that sounds right. He definitely rose being out of pack because, again, he's a, he's a meta card that people wanted and he wasn't getting that continuous supply of his gold card when his, his one to watch was uh, in packs. So that uh, pinch in supply with the, the continued demand of him being meta just helped him rose even more or rise even more, I should say. Yeah, yeah. And we'll see that again this year. And who are we thinking looks interesting from your perspective in terms of uh, players that might go out of packs in the squad. I like the idea of maybe someone like Rodri from Man City. I like that because he's probably going to have a link to maybe someone like Bernardo Silva in the team of the week. 
that could be an interesting card. You know, maybe someone like Lucas Hernandez. He's been extinct once already. Mm -hmm. um, would be interesting to see if that gold card could become extinct again. But even some of the lower end guys, you know, Wamba Saka, I think he's confirmed. Um, Joe Linton, you know, he's a he's a half decent little card as well, Brazilian and the BPL might be good for SBCs. That'll be quite interesting. Um, but yeah, I think there's there's so many good options this year. This is one of the best potential ones to watch lineups we've seen in a long time. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see who gets who gets the nod because there's a lot of options. And last year it didn't seem to matter that the player was sort of a a more available card in terms of supply they still seem to increase in value because i think also i'm right in thinking about that, that one to watch is out for longer than a week right? yeah i think it's usually two weeks i think two weeks maybe two and a half weeks so it's a really good opportunity for a player to get sort of less and less common is there a chance that there might be a bit of sort of panic around certain cards when they don't immediately go up in value and you might be able to jump in there yeah i definitely i do think as a there's a good chance, you know. There's a lot of uh, a lot of trading accounts providing advice to a lot of audiences. Mm. So I think you'll have, you know, have a lot of panic on cards that don't get in that maybe people have said to invest mm. in. But then again, you might also have a bit of panic on on cards that do get in. You know, people don't see the rises they expect. You know, immediately they might think, oh god, what's going on here? But no, you do have to understand that. It's a it's a longer sort of waiting game with these guys that are out of packs. You have to wait for them to get rare to, to sort of really see those mm. big those big rises in their price. Um, and being out of packs for two weeks, you know, you might have to wait a little bit longer to see the effects of, of that uh, that pinch in supply. Yeah, no, I agree. Oh, actually, I was thinking with Jong, right? He's going to be out of packs. Yeah, his gold. Oh, has been out of packs. Two gold. Yeah, I mean, yeah. between team of the week and one to watch, hardly any supply. Bit like I think Cancelo last year, maybe. It'd be interesting to go back and see what happened. You know, check the like historical data as, as far as how his price kind of changed. And obviously, that card was super impacted by him one being like one of the top right backs last year to begin with. Yeah, I guess I suppose you could put him in that category again this year. But really, having that perfect Ronaldo link um, made him a really really spicy card to begin with. Mm. Yeah, Matt, in terms, we talked a lot about what's going to happen over the next week or so and more short term or uh, event based kind of things, I guess, on the horizon. But in terms of general trading, ShockDoc17 uh, says, I'm interested in doing more weekly trading this year. Could you review a couple of strategies for weekly flipping? Uh, like what are the best times to buy and sell meta players um, to turn small profits on a, on a weekly basis? Okay, um, so yeah, obviously the the big thing from last year was uh, rewards flipping, um, and basically what that entailed was sort of buying earlier on in the week or at the end of the weekend league, as some people sort of sell teams off, and and we get into the the start of the new week. Um, so you maybe look to to buy meta players in general, or maybe potential players that linked with potential upcoming uh, informs in the new team of the week, for example. Mm. And then as we hit sort of Thursday, um, everyone gets their weekend league rewards, and they had their division rivals rewards last year as well. So this was basically a, a big, big injection of coins onto the market. And what happened is anyone that you know, if they got a really good red, for example. Um, they then maybe go and look at players to link with them. So players in demand that link with these players, they they rose a lot in value. And if you had invested previously, they obviously you could make a, a really good profit like that. 
but overall the market just went up because of that bitcoin injection you know everyone wanted to sort of build a you know a different team maybe or upgrade their team uh, with the new coins they had from these rewards mm. so all of these these higher end cars they they ended up rising on these on these thursdays for for rewards so that's a really good way to to look and it probably will be the same again this year you know look at those meta players sort of sunday monday or sunday through to tuesday uh, and look to to flip them on the Thursday for those for those rewards periods. And another question from the big ticket: I have hundreds of non-rare golds. Should I list them or just put them into gold upgrade SBCs? Yeah, never put them never put them into yeah. into gold upgrades early on because you're not really gonna the likelihood of packing someone that's you know untradeable and will make it into your team mm. uh, is very very slim. So. Yeah, just take the coins on any sort of non-rare golds at the moment, whether it be just discarding them. You know, if they do sell above, you know, 400 coins, do list them up. But make sure you get get in the coins for them early on. Mm, very sound advice. More sound advice from Matt, from Edge Apes, and maybe even from myself in the Patreon Extra Time podcast. When there's a regular podcast out like this one, anything that didn't make it in. So when we ended up talking for far too long as we normally do, but I still think it's interesting enough we'll end up in a little bonus extra podcast when I have time to put that out. So if you're a patron, no matter the tier, you'll get that later in the week. Plenty more to discuss on this week's podcast, including pace and icons. We'll be back in just a moment. Just a couple of months ago, I was struggling to find the time to put out the Foot Weekly podcast. It was coming out every month or so. Fortunately, loads of you suggested a patron to support the podcast, keep it going, make it weekly. And that's exactly what I did. For each patron who signs up, I'm able to prioritize Foot Weekly, our community, and bring out more content for all of you to enjoy. It's been incredible so far. And if you are able to support the podcast from just $3 a month for all the bonus podcasts, it's more than twice the amount of podcast action, then please do sign up. As I said, $3 and before the end of the month, there's a 12,000 FIFA point giveaway. So don't miss that either. Just go to bit.ly slash more pod. And actually, if you're golden above, it's not just bonus podcasts. Please do jump into the Discord, which will be in the original email that you were sent. And there's loads of perks for you to enjoy from a review bank, tactics bank, squad battles tips, loads of other advice, and plenty more in the tiers above that as well. So while you listen to the second half, why not check out bit.ly slash morepod. Hello and welcome back after the break. I'm still here with Japes and Matt. How was your first break in a while, Matt? Uh, it was the best break I've had in FIFA 20. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's not really saying much, but we'll, we'll let you off there. <laughs> the thing I forgot that is actually kind of relevant to trading, although more relevant to content in general, was the release of the icon system being different, I guess you'd say. And there's quite a lot of new stuff around icons this year. Yeah. It only came out between this pod and the last pod and Jake's was saying he hasn't had a chance to look into it much and it'd be good if we kind of ran through it I mean there's a long pitch notes article which people can read and I think is really worth a read because I'm sure most people listening to this podcast will at least entertain the idea of bringing in icons and they'll definitely be interested in the foot swap icon edition I guess you could call it um, that's coming up and I guess the simplest way to first of all explain the icon tokens and icon swaps is that if you're familiar with foot swap last year where you get player tokens and you submit those 
in exchange for players, then it's basically going to be the same, but with icons. I'm assuming because this is happening over a period of months rather than a month, there's going to be a lot more tokens involved and the tokens might be more difficult to obtain. It's also unclear whether this is going to operate through the like season's objectives kind of mm. thing, which I assume it will in some way, but I'm, it doesn't explain how quite it's going to work in that sense. There is this graphic of the icons that you can get and it comes out so the icons will be visible but not obtainable straight away because you'll need the tokens but we'll know how many tokens it's going to take to get each one it comes out on october the 11th which should coincide matt with the end of one to watch yeah i'd imagine so if once the watch goes for two weeks then yeah icon swaps one at the end of that so that yeah that'll be pretty exciting and uh we're assuming that there's going to be different numbers of tokens just like foot swap for each icon because the disparity between some of them i'd say is too big to for that not to be the case i mean you've got like drogba who's probably going to be pretty good um zanetti who's one of the better right backs uh for sure one of the better right backs in the game at this point or over the next few months and closer who is definitely not worth <laughs> anywhere near the amount of some of the others <laughs> interestingly also you got Ian Wright in there and it's his prime version, which won't actually even be available in packs at that point because, okay. interestingly, uh, they're also going to make some changes to the way that the release schedule for Icons works. And the way that this is slated to work is that base and mid Icons won't be available beyond February. In fact, base will go out of packs somewhere around December, January time. And the prime icons and moments from march onwards will be the only icons you can pack mm. which is pretty interesting and uh what, what are your thoughts on this matt i think it's it's a really good way to keep people engaged for longer mm. this year because i think last year what you had was you had everyone just making their big team at team of the year and that's sort of you know once you've made your big team that's sort of like the goal of ultimate team completed really yeah so by releasing these these primes and these moments a little bit later, you know, hopefully it will keep people engaged sort of in that period between sort of team of the year and team of the season. Mm. Yeah, I think it's a really good move, um, not only for for the sort of longevity of, of Ultimate Team, but also, it, you know, it slightly sort of mixes up the market a little bit. You know, you don't have all these versions obtainable at one time, so you've sort of got a bit of panic selling potentially of these lower end cards. You've got... You know these these primes and moments only being obtainable uh, after March and being the only obtainable versions. So I think it's going to be really really interesting to see what happens. You know, sort of both from a market perspective, but also from sort of like a gameplay perspective and and keeping people engaged. So I've I've really liked all the news on what they're doing with icons this year. I think it's a really good step. Yeah, I think it is a really positive thing. I think you're right to mention the sort of power curve of the game. This being a beneficial thing. Yeah, uh, benefiting the game a lot because. It did feel strange that you had these absolutely ridiculous icons around from really early on. And this will mean that the sort of power creep is a bit slower. Um, it'll also mean that you can probably get a bit more excited about packing an icon after the point at which base and mid goes out of packs, right? Um, mm. Because if you do pack an icon, it's going to be a mid or uh, it's going to be a prime or a moment, which is exciting. They're also being a lot more clear about how this is going to work, which is really welcome because you know the mess that moments was is basically all because of yeah. communication or partly because of communication and i think that was one of the worst things in fifa 19 yeah yeah was the way they handled the moments. definitely so hopefully that's um an improvement and also i like the fact that this is allowing someone like ian wright's prime to come 
at a point where it's actually probably going to be a fairly effective card whereas you know you can get him through swaps so you're going to be able to use him when there aren't the other kind of ridiculous cards out there um and uh, i think it's a a pretty smart move what are your thoughts on this japes yeah, I, th- I think it's certainly interesting, um, and I think it mixes it up, and I think that's fun. I think that's nice. Um, uh, the with the with the swaps, I think it's interesting that there will never be any other version of that. Uh, so, like, there is not going to be another version of Drogba in any of the swaps, and I think that's interesting. Mm. So, it, mm. it certainly makes you think a little bit more and you know about the looking at the cards and like in the first bunch it's like could any of these icons be in my team at the end of the game and if so like what do i have to do to get that card or is like do i just want to play with like rio ferdinand because mm. he's my favorite one or you know or like however you want to look at it uh, it's like a guaranteed way to get that card so I, I think it's interesting i think it'll be fun and i think it's i mean it's great, right? Because as far as like primes not being in packs, I'm super into that because you look at, you know, having done like Road to Glory style stuff, like as the game goes out, there are more high rated versions of current players that are able to then keep up with the icons. But mm-hmm. like even then for a while, like they still couldn't keep up with prime icons. Right. And so this just kind of like levels the playing field a little bit more, which I think is fantastic. And the other thing that will kind of level the playing field to some extent is the fact that icons are not going to be requirements for SBCs anymore. And that's for the yeah. whole year. So that's really good because it means that icons aren't just going to be SBC tokens, essentially, which is what a lot of them were. So your lower level, not so gameplay meta icons are going to be much less to buy on the market than they were in previous years which is really good because means people will be able to try the icons they want to try um, who have less coins and it'll also mean that they're more about gameplay rather than being about sort of I don't know, trading or something for SBCs. What that does mean though is that you're going to have to be pretty careful about what icon you choose for your sw- foot swap because you're not going to be able to just submit that icon and get value out of that. So when you're picking one of these icons you're probably going to want to think a bit about the utility you're going to get out of that player from from the sort of gameplay perspective. I think we'll chat a bit more about the icons and the options that are out there once it drops and once we have an idea about the actual tokens that are they're going to cost, basically, because that would be quite a big factor. But just quickly, because I think he's going to be one of the meta choices in this team. Ferdinand, I think, will be pretty no, good, actually. No, no. <laughs> No, I, you know, ultimately he's an eight, what, 85 rated center back with 84 defending and 83 physical. Like I think Lucas Hernandez from Bayern has like similar stats right now. Or yeah, like, that's true. But I, I, I just, uh, but you're missing quite a key. I mean, he's six foot two. He's got 85 uh, strength I, 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 and he's I got think... very decent physical compared. I mean, Hernandez is, Hernandez has more agility, but I, I think Rio is going to be better. He's also an icon. So obviously the links to that. I think, I think with this first one, you're looking for, uh positions on the market where there's scarcity for top players and i think there are a lot of good center back options already um and i think there will be more by the time that these get out and so Mm, at least for me i don't know whether i agree with that but yeah go on for me like looking at players that i could maybe like zanetti being a 92 rated right back do i end up using him as my right back for the entire year like Probably not, but is he a useful player that I can sub on as a holding midfielder or center back or outside back at any point in time? Like, absolutely, I can do that. Um, I loved that 
90 rated keen card last year too and so i don't think he makes it through the whole year but he could be like real solid for a while but zanetti definitely a card that i'm i'm keeping my eyes on that was the other other card that i was going to mention so uh, at least we agreed on that but yeah i I actually think this is something that i was wanting to discuss anyway so it's quite good that we can feed into this but i personally think having played the game a lot and used a lot of different cards and kept an eye on chemistry stars because essentially i've just been playing a lot of draft i've won drafts quite a few times now it's gone fairly well i know i mentioned in the last podcast that i wasn't sure about doing draft because i wasn't convinced that i'd win that many it's definitely been 100 percent worth me doing them um in terms of the return um compared to the amount of fifa points you put in um, whether the time commitment is worth it mm, you can question that but it's been a really good opportunity to try lots of different formations lots of different players and i felt like one of the big things this year is center backs with pace it feels like that is more important than it's ever been when i've had center backs with genuinely really good defending and pace and decent physical it is really felt like that's made quite a big difference to coming up against the top cards in the game players like you know you come up against some drafts like Ronaldo Messi and you know Neymar to an extent and uh, in a draft at the moment you can also get Pele the 95 version and he's unbelievably good what they've done this year with pace is one of the most drastic changes uh, compared to last year quite obvious from playing the game but I was actually quite surprised in a way how important it is and I was kind of interested to know whether that was something that you'd both found uh japes i suppose playing rivals especially yeah um base certainly seems important i i have to say like i've come up against a couple players they run like a essentially like a four three two one four three three something like that and are keeping their outside wingers on stay forward and get in behind and they just ping the ball somewhere in the middle of the field and then just play an over the top through ball and it finds their wingers like every single time. And they just, because if you don't have your outside backs on stay back while attacking, because of the way pace is set up, they just run right by them and get to attack from width on your center backs. And it's a little bit frustrating. So Mm. that, and like, if you don't have CBs and you make uh, with pace and you make a, an error, um, and they have a pacey attacker like you're you're pretty screwed yeah so uh, you just have to be a not that you can't use slow defenders but you just have to be an incredibly smart disciplined defender uh to be able to use them because they're not forgiving Mm. i quite like that though i quite like that you you know if you make a mistake that you get punished for it i think it's it's quite sort of realistic to real world football if you make a mistake in defense and you've got a, a pacey attacker running through i think it should be rewarded with, you know, a goal scoring opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to make sure that with the center backs that have pace that are not high rated, like they're, they kind of feel like they're always having to recover. If that makes sense. Like, Mm. you know, like they should feel worse than a high rated center back that doesn't have the pace because yeah, they should be sure. out of position more so they should always be kind of having to use their pace to sort of play catch up yeah which yeah. should be something that you should be able to expose uh, like in the same way yeah. right so it wouldn't be mm-hmm. it wouldn't be so much like you make a manual error but like you're having to manually keep them in line yeah uh, versus kind of saying, well, you're a, you're a good center back and I'm just going to try to not get in myself into trouble here. Yeah. Um, I've been offered Van Dyke quite a lot in draft, actually. He seems to appear a fair bit, considering he's one of the better center backs in the game. Sometimes it gives me him with a pace boost, sometimes it doesn't, obviously. Using him with shadow is 
so much better. He's just an all-round monster with maybe only a slight issue in that he can get caught on the turn and, and players still go in behind him. But he's an incredibly good player because of his presence physically and how effective he is at stopping a player going around him, basically. But at the same time, you know, if you play a through ball down the side, someone's going to get in, even if he does have shadow on him. Um, so it is quite interesting the way that they've decided to do this. What I think will happen is inevitably players will appear in the game with better pace at centre-back over the course of the year. And I, I think that yeah. there is possibly, and this is just pure speculation, a very deliberate attempt by EA to make pace more significant, but in the knowledge that because ultimate teams become such an important part of the game that and, and chemistry styles come into play and all that kind of stuff, that there is going to be this increase in pace on center backs across the course of the uh, year. you could call it you could call it like pace creep yeah right? exactly yeah and like the the standard it happens every year the like standard level of acceptable pace creeps up as the game goes on because there's just more speed to go with all the technical ability out yeah, there yeah, exactly. um and so this year they were finally like wait a second like if we start everyone slower it makes it more fun when they get faster as the game goes on so mm. uh, like overall i'm like pretty on board with that move but there are some players still unfortunately where their pace is just too low to where i don't know if they ever are able to actually recover and be usable cards yeah i think that is my concern and i think having used someone like piol who's theoretically a phenomenal center back i mean he's a bit short but that doesn't seem to matter too much crossing hasn't been a, a concern really um so far I feel like, yeah, there are going to be quite a few players over the course of the game, which maybe wasn't as true last year, even though pace did become and was important, that will really just be left behind completely. Um, you look at someone in this icon swaps, Nesta, who's got 70 pace, 90 defending. I think he'll be pretty useless. And that's kind of sad, but it'll be interesting to see where the metas develop, where people are you know, dropping back and everything. And maybe it won't make such a difference, but... I certainly found in draft, I'm now really picking based on the pace of centre-backs as much as their other stats. And obviously, you know, other things are really important. Reactions is super important on centre-backs. Obviously, their standing tackle ability and all those kind of things. But I think pace is going to be pretty important. And that's kind of why I was saying about Ferdinand, because I actually don't think, I mean, this is one of the reasons why I quite like that uh, Lucas Hernandez investment, because I actually think that there aren't loads of really good pace defenders in the game. Like Varane, is obviously the sort of primary one, but I mean, Ramos has lost his pace. Most defenders in Syria A are pretty low pace, apart from maybe Manolas, I think. There is actually like, I don't know whether this is something that is worth looking at if you're planning to pick up players early on, but there really is like a lack of, of players with really good pace at this point in the game um, at centre-back, which has been quite interesting to see, I think. Question for you though, Ben, do you think, you know, pace on centre-backs is the issue or is it maybe the fact that AI defending isn't as prominent as it was in FIFA 19 so maybe maybe you know these slower centre-backs they don't feel as usable because you're not getting that that buff from the game that maybe puts them in the right position mm. all the time to to track runs or or to to sort of cover passing lanes that kind of thing so I'm I'm slightly, I slightly disagree that, you know, some slower centre-backs aren't usable. I think you can still use them, you know, if you're, if you're quite alert and quite diligent in how you use them. 
yeah, I, I, I'm slightly leaning towards, you know, maybe it's a, it's the sort of the, the nerf of AI defending that might be causing issues for, for people trying to trying to adapt to FIFA 20 rather than the change in, in pace. I mean, I think there has been a conscious slight balancing of the pace attribute in some way or unbalancing, I guess you could say, since last year. But I think a big factor, as you say, is players aren't maybe positioning themselves quite as well as they did before or maybe not coming in to, to make interceptions. Good, though. But, but pace is still going to be important, good. even if that isn't yeah, the case, because, because you want to be able to recover with your player if, if they're left in a position where they're they're caught out. That's the thing. So. so I think I think last year you obviously had this issue where people would, you know, they'd play a, a one depth drop back in a four two three one, and they'd literally just control one player and buzz maybe like their CDM all around the the front of the box mm. to to intercept passes, and the rest of the team, you know, regardless of of pace or their ability, they'd just be perfectly in position all the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm um, I'm wondering if this year, because certain players aren't perfectly in position with the lack of you know ai defending help you know are people finding it difficult you know when they have to sort of track runs with with certain players and do they feel that you know players are too slow to to sort of overcome their their lack of ai defending help i don't know maybe mm, yeah and i i suppose I'm, I'm kind of leading on from that and saying that is probably going to be the case and i think as a result people will want to get far center backs into their teams to mm. kind of compensate for that um, because I mean people aren't necessarily especially good at defending I'd say and being able to mm. kind of get themselves out of the situations they've put themselves in with their pace on their centre-backs is mm. going to be um, I think quite well, helpful. I, I think it's yeah I think I think part of it is not being particularly good but also like for my opinion like the attacking I don't want to say like AI but the the ability for bang average pacey wingers or attackers to exploit space this year is like i don't know i don't want to say an all-time high but it's pretty darn high right and so you could have a you know kimmick at right back that's going to be thoroughly terrorized by a player that's like 76 rated overall that's super super pacey right like just because they're they're able to get a midfielder and if you're trying to play like a semi-high line they can bang it to a center mid and play a LBY or L1 triangle over top through ball. And like, he's not going to be able to catch up and it's going to be dropped into a brilliant area and Mm. you're playing catch up from behind. And so that's not even a matter of like, you just need the pace to like manually recover because the, the attacking player, even though they're worse rated, understands that like oh if i just like run real fast i'm gonna get open right and the defender is not like hey look at this player that's got tons of pace maybe i should play back and give myself like some room so i I think ultimately that's one of the trickier parts but then again i quite like that i think that's more realistic i I don't i see i don't feel like that's realistic at all because i think if you take kimmick uh like to continue on that example, a player that knows he's not the fastest player out there, but is ultimately a pretty smart defender, even though he's been playing the midfield again this year, he's going to recognize if he comes up against like Vinicius Jr. that he's going to get beaten for pace. And so he's not going to play him super, super tight at the uh, like at midfield or whatever, or he's going to play him so he can get a body on him and prevent him from running full tilt. Like and this like so he's going to use his like defending awareness or intelligence versus like 
this year, no matter who the attacker is, your defender is still going to sort of give him the same amount of room for the most part. So do you, would you say that it's down to sort of the AI, like Kimmich's AI, for example, to, to make that decision that he's going to mark Vinicius or whoever it is a certain way? Would you feel maybe that that should be something the player themselves should be recognising? You know, because I feel like if I see someone's got a fast winger, then I've got to sort of make that conscious decision. You know, if I see they're making a run to to take control of my fullback and I'm running back towards, but, but my you're own still going to get manually. out. You're still going to get outrun. But then I think there's still opportunities where you can sort of preempt what they're going to do and take control and and cover that run manually. See, I think there's a there's a balance there. there for sure. I, I'd agree there's a balance, but I, I think what I'm getting at is, you know, and you, this is one of the this is where you're going to see more people run that super deep line and play on the counter. Like the counters, the way people are going to play this year, a thousand percent. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, mm-hmm. Like it is, it is obnoxious with what you can, <laughs> how quickly you can go defense to attack and play over the top through balls, or just ping a ball from your fullback straight down the line and watch your winger just like burn down the line past everyone. So, I, I, but I think what I guess my point is like defenders that have high defensive awareness. I think there should be like. What that means is they should not just look at the pitch as far as pacing, but and this is something that could easily go on behind the scenes, but have a recognition of if this player that they're coming up against is fast or slow and how they need to position themselves accordingly. Yeah, I know. I get that. because like if you're playing center back in real life and you realize that their striker is faster than you, what are you going to do? Even if you're even if your manager has said, hey. Like, I want you to play a super high line. You're going to be like, yeah, this dude's fast, though. So I'm going to make sure that I can see him or at least get a body on him if they try to play mm-hmm. it uh, like over the top. Yeah. And in and, and this game, they're like, oh, I'll just like stand here at midfield and he can sort of like drift around and just run past me if he wants. I'm not going to put a body on him. Yeah, I think I think it's like going from one extreme to another from last year, isn't it? Is that in last year, like they would have covered that run perfectly Whereas this year they're not doing sort of anything at all. So you've got to do everything manually. And I think that's something that people from what I've seen on, on Twitter and YouTube and Twitch is that they're they're finding it quite difficult to sort of adjust to that big change in in sort of defensive help. And I don't know, I personally quite like it because I, like, I just like, you know, having control of everyone on the pitch and doing things how I'd like to do them rather than the ai doing it for me yeah but i I can certainly understand that that people you know they they do they can't you know see certain things on the pitch or they can't like don't have the reaction time to to flick to a different player to control them to mark a run or whatever yeah don't don't get me wrong i i currently like prefer this system more than last year's for sure but i am confident that there are some very exploitable aspects this year. And mind you, we mm-hmm. haven't had our day one patch yet, right? So things could yeah. definitely, definitely change. But there are some things that are super, super exploitable. And even having top rated players like will not matter. And like mm-hmm. it, it's just not going to matter because pace will in many ways be king. And so what you're going to see is you're going to see very specific play styles start to develop as the meta where it's 
heavy on I don't think it's going to necessarily be like a 4-3-3 but a 4-3-2-1 could be real interesting where you're going to see people having all their attackers on stay forward the rest of their line on drop way back and have all their midfielders on stay back while attacking too because they like even pretty average midfielders right now can ping a pretty amazing over the top through ball to a pacey winger that's just decided they're going to attack the space and behind your outside back Mm, yeah I, I agree I think there are some concerns I have around pace as well going forwards and it's going to be very interesting to see how it develops over the next few weeks there's some tactics I have in mind which I think could be pretty interesting to counteract the kind of meta that's developing and of course sooner than the coming weeks we're going to be chatting in the extra time podcast which patron listeners will be able to jump into when it drops in there is our discussion that we're going to be having straight after this getting into a bit more about gameplay tips and getting into a kind of trading mindset if you like there's loads more to hear from us just three dollars a month to sign up and you can enter that twelve thousand fifa point giveaway so just go to bit.ly slash more pod if you're interested so bit.ly slash more pod it's time now to say thank you very much to matt Thanks for coming and a reminder for people to check out that cancer research supporting patron that you're running as well. Yep, at Matt Foot Trading on Twitter, Twitch and uh, on Patreon as well. And of course you do stream actually and uh, you're maybe even doing some tonight although I think I've held you up quite a bit. We'll, we'll see, we'll see how it goes, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Maybe just a short one tonight. And uh, thank you very much for joining us Matt. Thank you very much for having me Ben, it's been a good start to FIFA 20. Yeah. And Japes. Thank you very much for joining us as well. You can follow Japes at Japes. That's right, isn't it? Uh, That is correct. It's a pleasure being on the pod as always. And actually, Japes, before we finish off, I know you've been on the podcast last two weeks and and you have said to me that you're hoping to get on a a little bit more regularly over the coming weeks. Yeah, absolutely. I I certainly have a good time chatting FIFA. And so hopefully uh, (laughs) I keep, I continue liking the game as much as I have to begin with here. (laughs) (laughs) If that's not a reason to hope FIFA 20 turns out well, then (laughs) what is Thank you very much to both you and thanks to all our listeners for joining us this week. And thanks to Foothead, all our patrons and those icon patrons. Shane W, Dave B, Hunter B, Martin M, Lewis L, Matthew L, Stephen M, Anthony R, also ran, DJ FIFA player, Liam Tenacious C, Alan G, Alistair, Paul, Dominic, Chris W, Rob P, Andrew T, Roger DC, Dan W, Matt H, Alan M, Savage P, Tyler M, Sam MG, and Gabe N. See you next week. It's been a pleasure. Come stay and play at Live Casino and Hotel. Welcome to one of the biggest casinos in the country with luxurious clean rooms, upscale dining in the grandest payouts now offering stay and play and all in packages including $50 free slot play VIP parking VIP casino access and more book now at livecasino.com or call 443-445-2929 at Arundel Mills must be 21 please play responsibly for help visit mdgambling.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER